Welcome to the Spa Girls Podcast, a self-publishing podcast for authors. You're in the right place for the best writing, marketing and publishing advice, plus interviews with industry experts and best-selling authors. I'm Cheryl Phipps. I'm Wendy Valla. And I'm Trudy J. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome yeah. back to the spa we are welcome here. back <laughs> now we have this week an amazing author i'm so excited to speak to her again for the second time katie cross say hello Yay. Katie. hello Hi, everyone katie. i'm so excited to be back <laughs> so we had katie with you. us yes we are excited we had katie with us on in september 2017 so we were oh all gosh. blown away by that. that. Where yeah, did that time so go? Ago. Like what? I know. I know. So fast. Like <laughs> I remember meeting with you over Zoom then, like it was yesterday. I'm yeah. like, it can't mm. be that long. And that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So it's um episode 101. If ever anyone wants to go back and talk um or listen to it after listening mm. to you today um and hear what she had to say. I'm gonna um and it was a really good interview on productivity with mm. young kids, um, being a nap time entrepreneur. Um, there was just loads of loads of really good productivity kind of um, getting writing done in the middle of chaos kind of advice. So I would. I'm queen. Looking... I'm queen at that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we can <laughs> talk a little bit like to that. Yeah, the show yeah. notes, the, the mm. podcast anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, first of all, I'm just going to read out your bio and then we're going to get down. The actual topic of, um, main topic for today is direct sales because Katie's been doing some awesome stuff with direct sales. Um, but for now, I will read your bio. So, Al-Karan, Karen, Al-Karan, oh, see, I already Al-Karan. Al-Karan, high priestess and young adult fantasy author, Katie Cross grew up in the mountains of Idaho, where she still loves to play when she gets the chance. Her mission is to connect readers with their best selves, to seek the divine in each of us, and to prove that we can love ourselves and accomplish all despite opposition. Um, which I love. I'm sorry, I just have to yeah, stop. I love that little cool. section in your bio. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. isn't that what we kind of all want to achieve yeah. for our readers? As we're yeah, anyway. Um, if she's not writing, you can find her traveling, adventuring with her kiddos, trail running with your husband and Vizsla dogs, or curled up with a good book and a cup of chai. Oh, I like nice. that too. You know, nice. that was true seven years ago, and now and I just now. love chai, <laughs> I love mountains, I love running, I love and it dogs. So and dogs. And dog. Oh, so many dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So let's talk about um, what's been happening for you. Just just a quick summary. <laughs> um, uh, what's been happening for you in the last seven years since we last spoke? Like, where are you at now? Yeah, let's highlight this. So yeah. in seven years, I had another child. So I have two. Mm, nice. Um, we picked up another dog. So we have three. <laughs> three <laughs> nice. Um, They're very high energy dogs. I moved a couple times, but we settled for sure in uh, the mountains of Montana. I've got like 10 acre plot that backs national forest. So I hike every day. And I wrote a lot of books. I went through some different business models and I landed just like my house. I landed on the business model that I have loved the most and kind of plan to stay at now that I bounced around. So in a nutshell, like a lot of really cool life in the last yeah. seven years, which is really yeah. fun. Yeah. That, yeah. that sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how many books? What's the genre? What's yeah. happening with that? So I write young adult fantasy. I, I did a little stint in contemporary romance. I was doing some chiclets. Like I have like five chiclet books and then 10 contemporary romance. But after a while, I decided that splitting splitting my attention between the two just wasn't fair to the readers. It wasn't fair to me. So I ended up 
just stopping the um, I stopped writing romance and chiclet and I stopped kind of supporting it. I just put them in Kindle Unlimited and leave them there. I don't add don't send advertising to them. And then I just focus wholeheartedly on my young adult fantasy. So right now I have over 50 novels and then I have probably 80 plus titles because I have short stories or novellas that I, I punt out as my readers ask for them. And I do right now, I currently launch a new book every month. And so those titles are always coming out. Wow. Okay. Oh. So how, how, so every month, so you launch in 12 books a year. Yeah, I think we actually did closer to 16 oh. in 2023 because of the short stories that like Gosh. I launch out. I, yeah. Okay. So that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. So how I know. Much it's writing? a lot. Yeah. How, how long are those books? And so there's, when you say, yeah. Yeah. So when you say something so, every month, is it a short story sometimes in a full length sometimes, or is it always a, no. So this last year I did what's called the Sister Witches series and then two other novels. And the Sister Witches series was a 10 book series. I started in March and I ended in December. So I was able to launch the whole 10 book series in a year. They ranged anywhere from, I think, 72 to 110,000 words. Um, they're just short thing. Big, hefty, hefty, <laughs> hefty, big things. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of people like sort of laugh at me when I tell them that. But the truth is that we'll, we'll dive into this, but I write sometimes six hours a day. Like I am at my computer on fingers on keyboard in my story, sometimes six hours a day. So we can get into how that magic actually happens with this new model, but that's kind of where I'm sitting in the publishing space right now. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I okay. want to hear about that new yeah. model. Yeah. yeah. Let's get straight into that new model right now. <laughs> Bring that new model on. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I'll just give like a quick short history uh, like how I got here. So in 2017 to 2019, I was kicking out what I could, right? You know, probably nothing super consistent. The launches came when the launches came. And by 2019, I was frustrated. I had over 20 books. I, they are really well reviewed. I had a lot of interest, but just not a lot of money. And I ran into a direct sales course and I decided well, I'm just going to try it out. So at the end of 2019, I finished it. I set it live beginning of 2020. And then COVID hit like in March, right? So I already had the direct sales model going, which is where I was running Facebook ads to my own website and, and getting people to buy that way. And then when COVID hit, uh, advertisers panicked and they dropped Facebook ads like it was hot because companies didn't know what to expect at a Q2. And I was like, sweet, let me have that stuff. So I just ate up the space that was in Facebook advertising. I was running sometimes $4,000 a day in ads and making that and more. So it was, it was a pretty intense time. I like ramped up into marketing. I put writing on the back burner. I scaled my company. I created standard operating procedures. And I just adopted a new dog. He's going to join us. Um, so I, I kind of changed. I shifted into this really cool marketing space where I was selling my books. And then that was really fun through Q2 when advertisers weren't really in Facebook advertising. And then that totally changed when we started moving into the Q3 and the Q4 market. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. <laughs> Um, that was like the loudest squeaker ever. Um, so when we went into the Q3 and the Q4 market, we actually saw this big decline and things started to get more intense and competitive. There were companies that had advertising dollars saved up from Q2 that threw it into Q4 and things just got different. And through 2021, I struggled to make that specific business model work. So I left that mastermind and I found a business advisor and I said, I don't think I can keep doing this advertising 
And most of all, I'm pretty freaking miserable. Like I don't write anymore. My readers don't know when to expect a book. I'm a great marketer. I can run ad campaigns like it's no one's style, but I don't, that's not why I do that. That's not why I did this, right? Like I want to be a writer. So I kind of forgot my roots and I said, I want to write and I want to run my day and I want to live in the mountains. Like I'm not even hiking anymore. And like, who am I if I'm not in the mountains, right? So I just, at the beginning of 2022, I just turned off all my ads. I turned off my ads. I skinnied my model. I I went into a a very, um, like, a contraction of my company, very intentional contraction of my company. I said, we're going to play it small because the advertising, I had $15,000 in credit card debt after just trying and trying and trying and trying all the different things. I had reps at Facebook I talked to twice a week. I, you know, I, I spent enough money that they're trying to cater to me and I just couldn't make it work and I wasn't happy. So I said, I like, what, what, what does work? So I looked at the model and we looked at the numbers and my advisor and I said, he goes, when you launch books, you make money. And I said, okay, so let's launch more books, right? I'm not really doing that that much. Mm-hmm. And then when I launched specific books, I made more money. And it turns out that readers will tell you what they want more of. And then when you write what they want, they actually buy it. So what I did was I said, well, I think I just need to launch more books. And so I I had to let go of all of my contractors that worked for me. I took the work back. I made it small. And I said, I'm just, I have a standard for everything, right? I have an operating procedure for everything. I know how to get books onto my store. I know how to schedule emails and that's just what we're going to focus on. So that's what I did through 2022. I cleared my debt by the end of Q3 and started moving into this way more profitable season. I didn't make as much money because I wasn't advertising. I just turned off advertising. So my dollars went way down, but my profitability went way up and I was happier. I was like writing again and readers were emailing me and my life was just so much easier because I have two small kids and So that's what I did in 2022. And then in 2023, I said, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to add like conventions and in-person events and we're going to see what we can do that way. And so I started adding that and I kind of tailored the model to what I wanted for my life. And now I'm doing the same thing for 2024. I'm just saying, all right, what do I want for 2024 and how do I make my company work for me? Because that's the beauty of direct sales is I can say, well, this is what my life needs. So how does my company serve that kind of thing? Yeah. That's awesome. I love wow. that so much. Yeah. So great. <laughs> that Man. is good. I mean, that's that's exactly about to be able it. to stop and pivot like that yeah. successfully. Mm. You know, it's scary, just, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Shut everything off. Mm. Wow. It's brave too, right? It's mm. brave because brave. you know you, Real brave. when you work in a, in one way and then choose to go another way. Mm-hmm. A kind of force too, I suppose, but you choose. It's still brave because you know mm-hmm. you could have you could have stuck at it and maybe just done less ads or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it didn't work, and you you knew that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, two yeah. things. It was it was that you the ads themselves weren't working, and that's kind of what we're all told that you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have to do Facebook ads, and you have to mm-hmm. keep putting more and more money into it to make more money. Mm-hmm. But actually, you also were going on the aspect of I'm not writing, and I'm not actually that happy doing all this. Yeah. And I don't actually have the life that I want. So Who am I? So I started there. I think like yeah. the conventional like wisdom is, well, like how do you make more money? How do you make, you know, like how do you make this happen? And instead I realized I'm doing this bass backwards. Like I need to be asking what life do I want to lead? And then I make my company fit that. And I was like, I want to be in Alcara. Like I want to be in my fantasy world. I want to be talking to readers and I'm not doing that right now. So how do I build a model that both serves me and my company? And that's kind of what it was born out of. Do you do, do ads at all? 
So I haven't for two years, like for 2022 and 2023, I just ran off of existing audience and rapid release launch style, I guess is what, I mean, if you want to label it, I guess that's what the label is. It's the first Friday of every month, I launch a new book and my readers know to expect that. They're like, okay, every Friday, Katie's going to have a new book for us. Whether at the beginning that was novellas and then last year it was novels. Like I was able to hone my process and my speed into novels, right? (laughs) Um. I'm sorry, I just like lost my thought. What was your question? <laughs> do, do you still do marketing? You're not doing oh, marketing ads, though. yeah. So I started running ads because after two years, I was like, you know what? I do want to see growth in other sectors. I want some diversification because the problem with my model is if I don't write, I don't make money, right? Like yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's a very launch-driven model. I have a very established sales cycle, right? The money comes in at the first of the month, trickles through, comes in the first of the month, trickles through. And the question is, can I run ads in a way that creates money that sort of like elevates that standard of I can expect this much from every launch, but I can also expect this much from ads. And so I see a very slow scale and profitability happening to my cash flow. And so I just started um, this last month, like running ads again and testing it out. It's a very controlled process this time. Last time I was reactive to the market. I was like, cool, this ad's doing great. Let's throw more budget. Let's put 200 more dollars on it and ramp it up and see what's happening. Where this time it's like, we're starting at 10 bucks and we're running it for a month and we're looking at what's selling. And mm. if this book is selling, this this ad is working. And, you know, so we're, we're kind of doing it that way with also a lot of segmentation on the email side where I'm saying, mm. if you're not going to buy, you're not my weekly list. And I'm eventually yeah. just going to get rid of you after we try to nurture a relationship kind of deal. So, mm. so mm-hmm. yes, I do. I've started engaging in advertising, but it's, it's a very different feel and culture around advertising. I have no expectations of the advertising yet, and I'm just focusing on optimization and a slow growth strategy. Mm, that's mm. awesome. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit more about the wider, wider sort of setup? So I know you've got some direct sales, but are you like are you in wide on all the other platforms? And is there yeah. a percentage of like is most of your sales from direct sales or you know, are you getting it from locations? And when you talk about existing audience, you've, is that from your newsletter or is that from social media? So just how it's all kind of, yeah. Yeah. So laid out. So I yeah. publish wide, except for the romance I told you about that I threw in KU so I could just ignore it. I publish wide. I publish everywhere. Um, I publish on my website and I only drive sales through my website. And when I say that, I mean, I don't even share links to Amazon. I could, I don't even know what my ranking is. I only log into KDP to like put a new book up. Like there's nothing that I do on like draft to digital. I like download a report once a month. Like I don't even really log in. I don't know what's going on on the retailers, but my books are there in case my readers want it, which is fine. But everything I do is to my website. So every launch email, every post, that's going to go right to my website. My website accounts for like, this is, I'm just kind of pulling it out of my hat, but anywhere from 70 to 80% of my revenue comes from katiecrossbooks.com. I don't like, I Amazon is my second biggest, no, it's my third, I think. I'm actually, I think katiecrossbooks.com is my first and then my convention sales, like the the hand to, like hand-to-hand selling. Mm-hmm. And then um, Amazon, I think might have been second. I can't remember. It's one of those, those three are my top ones. So Katie Cross Books, Amazon, and then in-person selling events that I did last year on my profit and loss from last year is kind of what accounted for it. Um, and then I launch every month. Everything is wide. I only go to myself and then I just keep hitting that every month to create it. So basically what I've done is I've created my own Patreon, but without like having to give money to Patreon. So I have recurring revenue just on my launches basically from the same people, but I don't have to split that money with Patreon. 
So how did you train your readers to go to your store rather than Amazon? Yeah. So I have, I was going to say too, I have about right now, my email list is like, it started at like 80,000 and I've pared it down to like 20 or 30. And then I just pared it down even more to like 16,000. So we're not even talking this huge email list. I don't have like a mortgage payment and email like list every day, like because my email list is so big. I think that's important for your listeners to know, like I'm yeah, able to, to pay a salary every month and take in income from my direct sales um, with a smaller list, like like people here, I have sixteen thousand, and they might be like shocked by that, like thinking I probably have like one hundred fifty thousand. I've had that before, but it just didn't always like it wasn't always worth it to hold that many people that weren't acting right. Yeah. Um, so I um, oh my gosh, I just thought lost my train of thought again. What was your question? <laughs> Is that squeaking? I'm sure. How did you train them? How did you train? How did I train? Them? Thank you. So because of that email list, um, I I originally met these people through these Facebook ads where all they knew was my website. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful because ah, from the beginning yeah. I was like, you buy my books from here. Yeah. And I don't even mention Amazon. I don't mention mm -hmm. any others because it's like, well, I don't I want you to buy from there. I want you to yeah. buy from me. Yeah. So they're trained that way. But then a lot of it is just nurturing and being present with them. Right. So I. Um, do coffee with Katie calls every one, one per week. So one on Friday, like mid, it's like noon mountain time in the U S and then there's like one on Mondays at seven o'clock in the evening mountain time, because I have a lot of Australians that follow me, what um, but then the platform? people in the UK that follow me, Is that uh, just zoom. I just cool. send out a zoom oh, wow. link. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just sent out a Zoom link and they come in and we talk about their lives and they've actually become this family. So they have like, they text message each other outside of our calls. They have a chat thread on Facebook. Um, they have, they're like this family, like one of our Alcarans, we call each other Alcarans because my fantasy world is Alcara. One of our Alcarans was diagnosed with brain tumors and um, she had needed like a, like a, a motor like cart to like drive around in and we did a GoFundMe and raised the money for her to buy them and so we sent it to her house wow. and then she was diagnosed with a brain tumor so we actually ended up pulling in like a thousand dollars to like buy her flowers like I was just like hey let's buy Debbie flowers and then and then she her house actually burned down oh, and so God. all of these I know it was like this train wreck yeah. and so all of these people were like donating to help pay for her and then she ended up passing away which all of us yeah. were just so sad about so we had a call to talk about you know so it's like yeah. we're trying everything we could support each other because they've become a family so when new people come onto these calls I just give them the update say you can buy from Katie Cross Books right now. Like this is what we're doing for Black Friday. This is where you do it. And I give them the reasons. Like it, if I, if you buy from me, I get 90% plus mm -hmm. of the royalties mm -hmm. and then I get to write more books for you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like buying independent small. I'm like a working mom and people love getting behind that, right? Mm -hmm. So the training, it's just a lot of like showing up. But I think, I think the most important thing that I do to get these people to buy from me is I write the books they want. Mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. they want more books and they know when they're going to get it it's predictable they trust me to write the books that i want and to be really um i don't want to say like talented I, I feel like that's not the right word but i tell a good story they're good they know they're going to get a good story mm -hmm. when they get it and i publish in all formats so mm -hmm. i narrate my own audiobooks too so every single time i launch i launch an ebook audiobook and paperback because I had audiobook people reaching out be like, well, we never know if we're going to get your books. And it's like, that's fair. Audio is harder 
to control the pipeline for. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of readers asking me if I would ever record my own audio. And I was always like, no. And I was like, oh, you really want it that bad? And I realized if I had 30 plus titles that weren't an audio, and I was like, if I did it myself, that's like a cash cow, so to speak. Like there's some big mm -hmm. cash injections that could come from that. So I ended up narrating my own audiobooks to create that trust and and drive people to buy from my website. And it and it works. Like that training over time really kind of pays out and, and works for it. Wow. Okay. Wow. I have questions. Just like sitting here going, wow. <laughs> so I want to talk about the audiobooks because I want to know how long and things like that. But I um Oh, now I've lost the other question I had. Okay, let's just talk. Oh, about it's it. my curse. It's my yeah. curse. Yeah. I'm cursing you. You're spreading you. <laughs> that curse around. Yeah, it's all the spreading things. That. All the things. <laughs> I'm like, it's so by about oh, I wanted to know how many people turn up to the Zoom calls. I'm just fascinated by that. I've not yeah. come across it. Yeah, is it a lot or is it? So, well, so I think on like a really big day, we'd have like 30 like okay. I've had I've had that many before on some of the book clubs, but for the most part, it's anywhere from like 10 to 20. Okay. Um, sometimes it's more because people pop in and out just to say hi. Mm -hmm. But there is like a core group of people that like show up every time because they want to see each other. Age group demographic would you say? Um, mostly I have men and women of all ages, but mostly the people that are showing up are men and women 40 and older. So I write young adult, but I, I market to, to grandmas is what I say, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I market to midlife people. I think there's some like time and income freedom. I do have like moms that are my age that follow me. Um, some of my rock stars are parents with young kids just like me. But the majority of people are probably like 40 to 80 when wow. they come. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So, um Let's just quickly talk about those audiobooks because I'm just so. How long does it take you to narrate an audiobook, and how do, and do you get it edited by you know, like I know that mm -hmm. you see yeah. them away usually and get them, yeah, totally. So it's all about systems, right? Like every entrepreneur, if you're talking to an entrepreneur, they're going to talk about systems in their company, and and that's really my secret sauce is I've just created systems to support the production of my product, right? So I, I want to write books, I have a system for it, like. I upload the manuscript to Vellum, I kick out the ebook and print, and that's a pretty easy system. So when I went into this audiobook idea, I said to myself, I've got to be able to make a system out of audiobooks that's predictable and easy. So I reached out to some people and I said, I need a professional to kind of help me like get into this, figure it out, teach me this. I have a setup, I took a course. And then I just, this is exactly what I want. What I want is I will send you files on Google Drive in a folder. I want you to be my hairstylist. I, I call it the salon. Like I say my audiobooks are at the salon. Just make it pretty, fix what you can. I want to just take the file and upload it to ACX. No, no problems. Like I just, that's all I want. And then you send me an invoice and that's all we have to do every month. So it's super easy and predictable for both of us. Yeah. And it's just a system that we have. And I found this amazing guy named Arthur and he's like, this sounds amazing. Like, of course he did. That's like the perfect client. Like, mm. you know exactly yeah. what he wants, right? Yeah. So that's what we did. Arthur and I met a bunch of times. He coached me through it. I was walking around my house, reading my books out loud, practicing accents. And because I wanted to like act it out, I didn't want to just yeah. read it. I wanted voices because that's what my readers were asking for. Yeah. Like we want emotion. We want to feel the story. We want the accents. I'm so not that great at accents, but I'm getting better. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's what I did. And then I, that's exactly what ended up happening is I finally was just like, it's just time. And Arthur's like, it's time. Just do your first book. So I did one of my novellas. It was like an hour long. It took me forever. I was like awkward with editing and and we made it so it was fine, right? It was like a B plus. 
And then I just kept doing it. I had so much imposter syndrome. I was so scared it was going to flop. I thought I was totally crazy because it was going to take too long. My business advisor is like, ignore the audiobooks, pump the books out. And I was like, no. And so I just did it anyway. So we just started talking about it. Like, I was like, business I'm just going to do this. What do they know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, business I'm just going to do this. Like, I disagree yeah. with you fundamentally. I think there's a big audience out there. But more than that, I think I can create trust with my reader if I'm showing up the way they're asking. And I think mm. I can drive greater sales from existing customers. So I'm mm. like, if I need, I can get ebook buyers to become audiobook listeners. And all of a sudden, the average order value mm. for half of my readers has increased by $10 per book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I just... I was like, we're just not going to, so we're just not going to talk about it. So we just, just didn't talk about it. He, he knew what I was doing, but <laughs> just didn't talk about it. Um, so I, so what I do is as part of my process, once I finish a book, my editing team has gone through it. I've gotten the manuscript back. I go all the way through for a fourth draft and then it's audiobook time. So I just know that it's just, I, I'm here in my closet with my mic and I just record my audiobook and it takes me about four to five days, depending on how long the book is. And if there's a lot of new accents, last year was kind of great. I was spoiled because I had a 10 book series with mostly the same recurring characters. I would have new accents and stuff I'd have to figure out that took a little while for development and like mastery of the accent. So it sounds fluid and natural, but for the most part, I just could walk into here and start recording and feel really confident with it. So, and then I just, I, I upload them to book funnel and I send the audiobook and the ebook to this proofing team that I have. And they they like to read the ebook and listen to the audiobook. And so they'll send me pickups. They'll send me any mistakes. It's this wonderful proofreading because I'm reading through it and saying everything out loud so I can just fix whatever I want. And then they're going through it word by word. So my books come out squeaky clean and not perfect, but squeaky clean. And then once I have all the pickups done, I just repopulate the files, send them to Arthur. He beautifies them and I upload them and we're done. So you sell them direct off your website? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of my um, all of my titles are available in audio. So it took me about a year and a half, uh, but I just recorded I re recorded all of the books that had not yet been recorded. So I have everything available in paperback, ebook, and audio, mm -hmm. which was a, a big a big production task that took a while, but my readers love. Um, and I sell them through my website. I sell them through Find a Way, through ACX, all that kind of stuff. I just don't share the links for those. Uh, and then right now I'm actually, by reader request, I had nine novels that were narrated by other artists and I'm going through and I'm re-recording all of those in my own voice. So by the end of Q2, the goal is to have all of my books in my voice in audio so that That's just so cool. Alcara is mine. <laughs> Do they love the them? I bet they love the them, same. don't they? So much. Like, yeah, they, they just, would. it changed everything for their yeah. experience because... Yeah. I honestly, like at first I hated the process because I just felt so bad at it. Right. It just, I had imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. I felt insecure about my performance. Like, but I was just like, I'm committed to the end state and the trust that I can build. And so once I really like loosened up and I understood that they want an experience, they don't like care. Like, of course it's going to be imperfect, but most people aren't going to hear the imperfections I do. Mm -hmm. And I loosened up and I just let myself get into the book. I look forward to it every day at the end of the day I, I record for an hour to kind of wind down and I just it's I call it my Alcara hour I just get to sink into my characters and like narrate them and bring to life the emotions in the way that I want and it's changed the way my readers have experienced my books which is what I wanted they hear my yeah. voice yeah. they feel like we're best friends they feel tied to me they feel like an Alcaran 
Um, you know, I get people coming on that are like, I'm just so excited to meet you. I feel like we're friends. Like I've heard all your books and I'm like, we are friends. It's so great. You know, you're totally so, invested because it's your book. Yeah. yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Exactly. Um, yeah. Getting that connection to you. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Um, and you also so cool. talked, you've talked a couple of times about writing the books that your readers want and you, and I can, I'm getting a sense that you're really connected, especially to your super fans. And you talked earlier about, um, they get to vote or they get to choose what short stories. Yeah. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Why didn't you yeah. add on that? So as I was looking at publishing trends that worked for me, right? Like I I would compare the data from like this book launch did really well. Like what was the reception? Why? And like what was like how was this book idea born? And the book idea is born from my readers or the ones that involved at least some like element of romance in it and and heavy magic. Those were the ones that always sold the best. And so I started, I was like, if, if I'm going to be smart about this, then I'm going to provide the products that my readers want. I actually learned this by watching other companies, right? So I'm always looking outside publishing to figure out how are you pulling me in? So there's this company called Byte. I'm, I'm like a mountain lover, tree hugger. And so I'm always like, how can I re like reduce my blueprint? You know, like, how can we like make this world like safer and cleaner? And in Byte, they like their single mission is to get toothpaste tubes out of landfills because they just don't break down all stuff. So they sell toothpaste that's in these little chalk bites and you bite them. And it's like, anyway, it's, it's this huge company. I'm like, they had me from that moment, right? Because yeah, I yeah, wanted that yeah, product. Yeah. And then yeah. I found a company that like, instead of plastic jugs with detergent, you can just have it sh throw the sheet in the washer, right? And so it's like no blueprint. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there's more. Like, And they just kept mm -hmm. coming out these products that met the goal that I wanted. And so I kept buying them. So I asked myself, how can I be bite, but in Alcara? Like, how can I do this? So what I did is I created a Google form. This is not sexy, right? I just created a Google form and I said, here's a list of story ideas that I have that I love. Which one do you want next? And I just sent it out and people voted and I got hundreds of replies and I was shocked because the book, I was certain, I was certain, I would have gone to my grave fighting for this book. It was the last one. No. I yeah. I was like, I would you have get published it? the book. <laughs> well, I, I was excited about the other titles, but I was, my ego was totally wiped out, right? From the knees. I was like, priding myself what do on I know? Like, oh yeah. I like totally prided myself on knowing what my readers wanted and it's bull crap. Like I never know what my readers want. So I was like, really? That's what you guys want? And all of them were like, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. we? And I was like, that is not what I expected you to say. So I started publishing those books and my sales were going up. Uh -huh. So what I came up with was this reader request series where every like quarter or so I send out an email and I say, hey, here's the request form. If there's any short stories that you're wanting insight into or characters that you want more of, just put the idea here and your name. So in the reader request series, we currently have 10 books. Uh, well, they're short stories. They're 10,000 words or less. I have like a limit on it, right? And the readers are just like, I want to see this scene from this person's point of view. So I'll like rewrite a scene. And what I did was I was doing live writing with Katie. So every Monday night, seven mountain time, I would hop on Zoom and I would not connect to the sound. And then I would just share my screen and they would just watch me write these reader request stories so they could see it come together. We don't do that anymore, but like the actual live writing part. Um, but that would they absolutely had, like, dry my imagination well up completely knowing they were all watching me. Oh, I thought so too. I was like, I'm going to be so insecure, but I was committed because they were so excited. Yeah. They wanted to yeah. see the behind the scenes. It made them feel special. And after a while, I just realized it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to do it. And it was slower. Certainly my productivity was not as high, but that wasn't the point. Like it was them being able to watch it. So I would write for 45 minutes and then I would, 
I would like stop sharing my screen, enter the sound, and I would talk to them and answer their questions. And and we would just have like a gossip session about all car and books and stuff. So so that gave me a better idea. Like, what do you guys actually want? And I can't tell you how often I fail at this, right? So last night I'm working with um, my illustrator and she's actually in Australia too. And she, she and I were going back and forth. I was like, we're putting together a special edition hardcover um, that we're launching on Kickstarter in March. And I was like, what about this font for the chapter? And she's like, I hate that font. I was like, that's my favorite font. Like, I was like, for sure, this is going to be the font. She goes, I hate that font. And I was like, oh. So I like picked a bunch of others and I was like, she's going to like this other font. And she didn't like that font. So I was like, whatever, we're putting this to the team. So the team hated the font I loved. Oh, no way. (laughs) And they loved the ones that I was like, really? That one? Like mutually, they all loved the one that I did not like at all. So I have not yet gotten good at predicting what people want. I know, I'm I'm the same. It's awful, isn't it? And you think you're onto it. And you're really not. Like, I'll say something and my sister and I'll go, this is perfect. And she goes, no, no one's going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yep. So so um, I just started asking my readers. So I'll even ask them, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, what do you guys think? Do you want to do this? So I'll just kind of feel them out on these calls or I'll send out surveys. And when I send out a survey, I say one reader gets five signed books of their choosing. And so people are excited to, like, respond to the surveys. And so I just offer, like, a high-ticket item. To me, I was like, they probably just want cash. But they're like, no, we want signed books. And I was like, really? Mm. They want cash or, like, signed books? I'm like, really? I would not pick that. And then I'm like, of course. If I wouldn't pick it, they probably would. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So what else do you put in your um, newsletter? So, so far we've got asking them what they want and – Short stories. And and do you put short stories in there? Do you put the actual – Very rarely do I give anything away for free unless it's part of a marketing funnel. So I give away my first Dragon Master Trilogy book for free from a Facebook ad, and then they get a free short story as like one of the later emails in that funnel and sequence just because that kind of keeps that engagement and excitement high. Um, My newsletters are are pretty... not necessarily exciting to us, but to my readers they are in terms of yeah. every I've I've sort of organized those as well. I've made like a system out of those. So every final Friday of the month, I share other authors. The third Friday, I do what I call a connect email where I'm just like answering questions or trying to connect with them. Last month, I think it was I sent out an email and it's like, I'm pretty imperfect or like I messed up or something. And I just talk about how I don't expect to ever be perfect and I hope they don't expect me to be perfect and there's imperfections, but that's kind of what's beautiful about it, right? And just how there's a lot of pressure on on figures that are in the public eye that are producing art to like have a perfect book or perfect manuscript. And that's just not, it's not perfect. Like, it's like we do everything we can, but we don't. And I had such a beautiful response to people like saying that. I was like, there are emails in my, or there are errors in my emails. I get people responding, like editing my emails, like you made Same. this mistake. This, yeah, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, yep, yeah, you know. It's, so I'll kind it's of do done now, like though. <laughs> I like. Just what like, do you want me well, to do about it? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, have you not got anything better to do though? Yeah, you know? <laughs> some people know. And then, uh, and um, you know how great that they've invested though, right? Right. I appreciate the energy they put into that for sure. Mm-hmm. And, I, and part of me is like. I'm going to keep your name if I need a proofreader. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. If you're willing to correct my emails, you should copy. You should do the copy edits. Mm-hmm. And then every first Friday, I'm launching a new book. And then the Sunday that follows, I'm just doing a reminder email. Because I sometimes, I'll launch on a Friday. I'll sometimes sell more that Sunday 
than I will on launch day because people yeah. are like on holiday or something, right? Um, and a lot of it is just kind of the needs of the readers. Sometimes I'll send out like once a quarter, once or twice a year, I'm like, hey, this is our launch schedule, subject to change as soon as I send this out, you know, like yeah. things always change. So I just try to keep it really Alcaran focused. And I, my goal with my email newsletters is to remind them that Alcara exists and they're part of it. So has very little to do with me, but I'm the one that brings Alcara to them and I take that very seriously. And so however I can, I try to bring that sense of belonging and fantasy and magic even in the emails. Awesome. So with regards to your release, because you're releasing one a month, is it a big build up or is it just like people know or does it happen that week or what do you do with cover reveals or what happens I don't do there? cover reveals. Yeah, I just... Again, we've systematized it and I did that on purpose. I wanted people to know when to expect my book, right? Like they just know the first Friday, it's new book day. So mm. it's pretty systematized, like nothing too exciting. I don't take a lot of time to do like a big marketing push unless it's a first book in a new series. And then if I'm trying to like draw people in or re-engage or, or something like that, I might push a little bit more just in terms of maybe extra calls with people, an extra book club, anything that the readers want to get around more. But really, we've systematized this because we're launching every month. It's pretty much the same thing because I want it to be the same thing. I even use the same subjects on my newsletters when I launch a book. And I just say new book available today. And I, mm -hmm. I just do it over and over again because they know the language I speak. They know what to yeah. expect. I deliver and trust is built over and over it's over again it's very mundane right there's like nothing sexy about this i do i do pre-order i pre-order a couple months out so that i capture interest at the end of the book right so yeah. whatever book they finish the next book is always available for pre-order on my website a lot of the time i don't really get around to putting it on draft to digital or amazon until like the week before but i don't really pre-order I mean, you guys would probably be appalled at my numbers on Amazon and draft to digital, which is fine because, yeah, like I'm like, I don't I don't need people to love me there. Um, but that does create problems, too. Right. So like I don't have the social proof of ranking that some people do. Like I'm sort of like off here by myself. And, mm -hmm. you know, people talk about rank or people talk about sales. And it's like if I I don't even know what my rank is. It probably looks appalling. And so anyone from the outside looking and be like, she doesn't sell anything, which is a total lie. I'm just not mm. selling it through traditional means. Yeah. So there's like downsides to, to that. Mm. Direct sales are taking off though, aren't they? A lot of people are getting into them. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Mm. The, the interest is certainly high, which is really cool. I mean, the mm. more of us out there doing that, then the more normal it becomes. I'm yeah. so excited yeah. with every new reader that hits book funnel because then that reader will know book funnel for when my books are like when they yeah. can find my books. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Can, can I just yeah. ask? Oh, you go, share. Go, share. It was just a price thing. Do you sell um, your books slightly lower on your website mm -hmm. or is it? Cool. Yeah. So they're $9.99 mm -hmm. US dollars on Amazon across the board. I think some of the first books are maybe $7.99. And then I charge $7.99 um, US dollars for my books on my website. It's the, an ebook, um, right? Right, an ebook. E yeah. Paperback on Amazon is anywhere from like $24.99 US to $29.99 Australian. But I only charge $19.99 US. And then I think that mm -hmm. converts up to like $23 Australian or $24 Australian. Mm -hmm. um so i and then my audiobooks are just ten dollars across the board like mm -hmm. come to me for ten dollar audiobooks uh, because mm -hmm. who knows what audible is putting them at you know and then yeah. i put it at 14.99 us dollars on like find a way for all of 
all those other retailers are at least five dollars higher. Mm. Yeah. Oh wow. That's can you so I can you just run through really quickly like the your system in terms of direct sales? So you've got them on your website. What's the back end that you're using oh, yeah. in terms of um the sales and how does yeah, how does the process go from your end? Yeah. So I use Shopify. I'm on their cheapest plan. It's like 30 bucks a month or something. And then I have some other apps that I pay monthly for. So I pay $100 to Shopify every month. There's 30 of that is Shopify itself. And then the other apps that I use for like upsells uh, equate to about $100 a month. And then so anytime someone buys an ebook or audio, I have a direct integration with BookFunnel. So someone buys it, it pings BookFunnel, they shoot the email. I'm also integrated with ActiveCampaign. That's my email service provider. I've been with them for years. I absolutely love them. So whenever someone purchases like an ebook or audiobook from me, uh, BookFunnel delivers it. ActiveCampaign also gets a notification and will deliver it that way too. So those kind of run in the background. I have some upsell apps that your listeners might be interested in. One of them is called, um, oh, it's like a bear or something for like cross-selling. It's like a cross-sell app where like they put a certain app into their carts and it's it triggers a specific like pop-up that says, do you want the second book for a dollar off? Like, do you want to complete the series for this? I have those kind of upsell apps or post-purchase display apps, that kind of thing. Um, Lulu does my paperbacks and they have a direct integration too. So someone orders my pa- a paperback and then it just goes right to Lulu. It's really nice because they just charge my credit card the cost of printing and then shipping. So I don't have to do anything. It's all just uploaded. And I've been really, really happy with Lulu. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. Those, The email provider, Active Campaign and BookFunnel are really the ones I can't function without mm. for sure. And then, you know, there's like Facebook ads for advertising and stuff. But those are sort of the skinny basics. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think. And, and so a lot of that seems to be just stuff that kind of works in the background. It's not like something you're having <laughs> to do on a regular basis. That's kind of the... So there's another one. I just looked it up. Frequently bought together um, shows like if you look at Flame, then it'll show the next two books in the trilogy. So that so like when someone bought this, they also bought this kind of thing. The frequently bought together is great. Um, Printify is a print on demand app that I use. So it's like you could make merchandise if you wanted. You could just put a picture up and they put it on a shirt and then they drop ship. So it's like print on demand. Like someone orders the shirt. They just charge your credit card the cost and the shipping and mm. and you kind of go off that way. And then um, I have a review app. It's called judge.me. It's judge me. Uh, so people can put reviews on my website. So I will try to like incentivize that sometimes. So I'll say if you review my books on my website and just send me, send me like a screenshot, we'll, we'll like put you in a drawing or, you know, whatever. Like we find ways to kind of incentivize that. But we don't do it all that much. We don't do that all that much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And so, I don't know. Do you sleep at all? <laughs> I actually sleep like eight hours a night. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> People are always surprised by that. But I do. It's like when you create systems and you do those systems over and over and over again, it actually just runs itself because it's predictable. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what needs to happen. That's awesome. Mm. Uh, do you have like, are you sitting Monday to Friday or are you working every day? Like, how do you? Yeah. So I try to keep it Monday to Friday. Um just to model that for my kids. Like, I don't want them to think I work all the time, but that's not super realistic. <laughs> With mm-hmm. There's like a, yeah. a level of chaos in my life because I have young kids and we yeah. live in the mountains. So I try really hard to work when they're at school and then shut the computer when they come home. But, you know, like life happens. Like our, um, we live up in Montana and it was negative 27 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like negative 32 Celsius the other day. Wow. And all of my pipes were freezing. And so wow. I was like, 
digging into my drywall and busting up like all stuff. Anyway, so I couldn't work during the day because I was just trying to keep our water on. And so then I was mm-hmm. like staying up late to work at night to kind of catch up on my, make sure my mm-hmm. word count was hit and that kind of yeah. thing. So it's, it's very like, I just have expectations for that day. Mm-hmm. Like today I'll probably work these hours yeah. and then I just try to make that happen. And then I do writing first and emails last. So I haven't even looked at my emails today except to pull out the Zoom link. Yeah. So I have all these people that are like emailing me. I'm like, sorry, I haven't finished my writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's you got to prioritize, how, don't you? How many mm-hmm. words do you write a day? Like what's your aim? I aim for 10,000 when I'm first drafting. Yeah. Um, when I'm editing, I'm trying to edit anywhere from 15 to 20,000 words. Um, it takes about, I can write 10,000 words in four-ish hours if it's not like I'm not having to develop a lot of new stuff or characters and I can like in the Sister Witches series because it was a 10 book series. I could clip through those pretty quick because it was the same series. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a standalone book right now that will probably be like 120,000 words. And that's just requiring a little more time to first draft because there's a lot more magical development in it. Um, but I aim to write sometimes up to six hours a day just in writing and then I try to keep my business stuff to an hour to an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. email, Facebook ad comments, Facebook comments, Telegram, which is what I run my company on. I try to chalk all of that into an hour to an hour and a half if I can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well that's cool. You're very awesome. um, yeah. focused. It's yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. So like laser precision, like this hour I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I just think you might have to train us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have our own Zoom set up, all right? inspiration is a great mistress like the mom like you have only so much time and I have to get this done yeah Yeah, so like today I I was writing and then I had to run into town to go buy some more home renovation stuff and then I had to go to my dog's vet appointment and I still had to go buy some more stuff so I ran back to the store and I was just eating chipotle while I was waiting for my dog's vet appointment and then they called <laughs> me back and they forgot one of his his things and I was like I have an appointment you've got to do this fast so I went back yeah. there came back home I let my dogs out and I came here to record so you know there's like some days it's just like it's just, you have that's life, life. Yeah. yes it is yeah. and it's beautiful like it's a beautiful life yeah, yeah. do you give yourself time awesome. off just like do you have holiday time where you you kind of plan I do. So we just took our kids to Disneyland. My mom, um, for our Christmas present, bought a trip for my kids and my niece and my brother and his wife to go to Disneyland together with her. And so I didn't take my computer. It was so fun. I like, it was really hard. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even taking my computer. So I had to like set my assistant up to watch the emails, like just answer like reader emails and then like Facebook, like monitor the ad comments on Facebook. So she was like doing some data stuff, analysis and stuff for me. But I didn't, and it was wonderful. Like I just totally disengaged for like a week and just played with nice. my kids and didn't mm-hmm. even, my computer stayed home. Uh, and then in the summer, I try to do that as much as I can too. Or I just like work for like two hours in the morning before my yeah. kids wake up and then they have all day with me. So yeah. it's it's very imperfect, right? And messy, but mm-hmm. I do try to take that time off. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. nice. And I think at the, as long as the, most of the time you're consistent, you can get away with it, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 For the most part. Yeah. That's impressive. Cool. So mm-hmm. can very I, I'm impressive. very impressive. I'm, we're all impressed. I just want to go back because I know Wendy wanted me to talk to you about this. Um, you mentioned quickly your merchandising. I just wondered how much, is it literally what you're talking about with the Printify app that that sort of handles itself? is isn't that you've gone out and organized mm-hmm. merchandising? No. And is that? Oh, it's just who has time for that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, mm -mm, no, I've got enough products. So what I do is I actually create the merchandise my readers are asking for. So for example, 
I had um, this dragon named Elis that clearly died, or I thought clearly died in a book. And we were on book club and my readers were like, Elis isn't dead. And I was like, guys, Elis is dead. Like, he was spiraling from the sky shooting fire. Like, he's gone, man. And they were like, no, he's not dead. And you don't even know. Because I always say Alcara talks to me. I just say, Alcara isn't mine. Alcara belongs to everyone. I'm just the person that gets out of the way, right? So, like, Mm Alcara can come to be. So other people create art in Alcara, right? Like, I have illustrators. I have have other stuff. So they're like, you're not in charge. Alcara's in charge. And you're going to be writing a book. And Elis is going to come back. And I was like... You guys, Elis is dead. So then these factions oh, formed hilarious. where people were like, <laughs> no, Elis lives. So people would like come on the call and say Elis lives, right? So one of my readers like made a sign and like put on his hat. And so one of the merchandise I made, I just made Elis dies and then <gasps> Elis lives or Elis died and Elis lives or something like that. And then I put them up for sale. And so people were buying these shirts that said like whatever side they were on, right? Like... <laughs> So I just went to Canva, made the picture, uploaded it to Printify, picked the shirt mm-hmm. colors that I wanted, and then I just put it, it, it imports it to Shopify on its own. And then I just like put it for sale and yeah. I didn't ever have Why to. Why you go? <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's like um, mugs, there's t-shirts, there's like tank tops or sweatshirts, there's hoodies. I mean, there's anything like you can source anything. And it'll all make it with that design. So that's wow. that's what I do for merchandise. There's not a lot of money in merchandise that I found. Like not yeah. a lot of people are going to buy it. And I've tried different things. Like my mom has this like super NASA size like embroidery machine that she can upload anything and like do embroidery pictures. So she she found this like dragon font where every letter was a dragon. And so we did embroidered T-shirts in that font that said like flame or Bianca those just took forever to sell and I still have some and I have to fulfill it. So I'm like, it's just not worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. To like do your own merchandise. That's why I just do printify when it comes up for yeah. something that my readers would like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has any, has yeah. anyone got any more questions? I feel like I'm no, just, I think my mind is going to explode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just when and I think I can't thing... <laughs> be even oh, more impressed I am. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. I just say, I think, what I just like to round out with with direct sales is just that this idea that the company should be serving you and not you serving your company, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I love about direct sales is on a yearly basis, I get to say, what does it look like this year in my family and how can my company support that? So for example, this year I'm doing a slightly different model than I did last year. Like um, I'm, I'm just changing up the way we do things to create cash flow in the areas I want because all of this renovation that we have to do in our house is going to require a lot of my time and some more dollars, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. so my advisor, it's like, how do we focus the cash flow to me getting it at home and also hours? I need more time at home. So how do we create this? How do we tweak my business model to serve it so that I have more to give at home? Mm-hmm. Um, because I need more time and I need more dollars at home. So how do we hone this? Where do we have holes that we can plug? What can I say no to this year that I say yes to another year when the situation is different, right? So I think this idea that I think so many of us have felt like slaves to our company when when actually the company should be serving us. And that's what I would want to leave for people. Nice. And would you explain that to your readers going forward? that, you know, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I like to involve my readers and all that because I just like to be really real. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, I, my best friend lost her child 
at the same time, like two days before I lost my dog. And I just was really honest with them. I said, I don't have, uh, there's some things I just can't do right now um, because I just need to be supporting my family and, and my friend. And this is what's going on. And this is what we're going to do. And they're all invested in it. Right. So this year I'm going to say, Hey, we're tweaking it. We're not doing it this way because I can better get you books if I do X, Y, Z thing over here. Right. Like we can, we can totally, be honest and forthcoming with them and they love that and what the feedback that i hear is you're just so real like mm -hmm. you're so much more real mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's pretty messy over here <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 no that makes sense you, you really open we're, them and you we're let, all you messy everything about you mm. right like yeah, aren't we all messy and aren't we all... there's no one perfect really yeah. eh? <laughs> and i think the trouble comes when you try and pretend to be perfect and then that's yeah. when people start yeah. trying to poke holes in you because no one's mm. perfect and yeah absolutely so. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, Amazing. I yeah, wow, yeah, just wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, thank you for own. having me. Thank I you love so much for your time. Yeah, yes. thank you. It's we so love you. That's so inspirational. Mm. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, so, anytime we can do a Zoom call together, that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Writing sprints it. with Katie Cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie, where's if someone wants to find out more about you or your books, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, katiecrossbooks.com will take you right to my website. You can kind of see how it's set up, see what you like about it there. Um, there's a link if you want to get the free book. Uh, or you can email me. It's Katie at kcrosswriting.com. I'm the only one in my inbox. My assistant will sometimes help out if I'm out of town, but um I will respond directly. Or you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Thank you. And where can we be found, Cheryl? We can be found at spargirlspodcast.com on all the things. We're also on uh, Patreon if you'd like to help sponsor us with a coffee or something more. Um, and we do have a, a separate page for those that sponsor us uh, for $10 or more where we will help you with all the things. Facebook Because page, yeah. we love you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, Facebook, yeah. Thank you, Cheryl, and thank you, Katie, for um, joining us again for the second time. Um, I recommend anyone who wants to um, should go back and listen to episode 101 and then come and listen to this one, obviously. Yeah. Just listen to yeah. it clearly, so maybe not yeah. again. Uh, well, maybe you do want to listen to it again. I don't know. There's a lot of gold. Um, or come and watch us on YouTube. Yeah, come and watch <laughs> yes, it on YouTube. there you go. Yeah. So um, thanks, Katie. Thanks to all of our listeners. Um, we really appreciate every single one of you. We're glad that you're here with us and we'll be back again next week for another episode. But for now, farewell. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.